Let's take our our joy of the season. Yes. Yes. And somehow put it into 12 days. Let's celebrate it. Celebrate it. A little piece for every day of the 12 days of Christmas. Is that possible? Is that possible? Are we doing a bit? Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Rosso. Yeah, so? <laughs> <laughs> what of it? Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. This is our first ever FPP Thanksgiving Marathon Whoa. episodes. I didn't bring my running shoes. Inspired by the great New York City area, WWOR-TV King Kong Marathon. Now, welcome back to the WOR-TV Holiday Movie Special. What year was that? 70s and 80s. They don't do it anymore. I don't know. Uh. It was King on Thanksgiving. It would be King Kong, Son of Kong, Mighty Joe Young. Mm -hmm. And then Friday would be... Mighty Joe Young, isn't that a knockoff? uh, Friday was uh, King Kong... Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Wow! And like one other. Does King Kong fight the Sea Monster at some point? No, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Did I say King Kong? You said Kong King, King Kong versus Godzilla. Kong King. Kong. Chung Kao. Hong Kong versus King Kong. Welcome. This King is Kong it. versus Hong Kong would have been a good one. <laughs> Today in the U.S. is the day we give thanks. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy birthday. That's right. This is when all the Christmas stuff starts. It, it is. It's when all the Christmas stuff starts. Today is a day to give thanks, and I thought it would be a perfect day to, to roll into a nice, mellow FPP episode. I, we have some roll-ins that mm. Mr. Mark O'Brien did when he was on his trip to the Pacific Northwest. So this is just him travel-logging in his yeah. car? not in his car. He gets out of his car. Oh. So he's, like, walking around with the mic and stuff? Yeah. Oh, cool. But when I think of Thanksgiving, even though... I, the scene in this movie may not have taken on, 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 on you know, may not have taken place on Thanksgiving. I think of, do you remember that scene in Scent of a Woman where Al Pacino, for the first time in like twenty years, comes to visit his family on a major holiday? Hoo-ah! And the, Hoo-ah! And the the chaos that ensues. Hoo-ah! It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. It's indicative of what happens all over the United States. Well, that's what I was going to sure. say. Sure. It's it's you know it's a day of great thanks and great stress. That's good, right, Mark? <laughs> Canada have the Thanksgiving in October. Yeah, we have our Thanksgiving in November. Do and you celebrate both, Mark. You don't I celebrate don't really the celebrate Canadian. Either. Oh, okay. No. I celebrate the whole the man's whole catalog. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for joining us here on this Thanksgiving podcast. Our first Thanksgiving. So, Mark O'Brien. Hey there, everybody. Oh, he's not here. <laughs> no. Mark? That's correct. Mark O'Brien, he traveled to a place called Blue Moon Camera and Machine. Oh. I knew I wanted to visit the folks up at Blue Moon Camera. We've mentioned them before. Oh, yes. Sashayed on to 8417 North Lombard Street in Portland, Oregon, to talk to uh, the folks from Blue Moon Camera and Machine. Mm-hmm. So why don't we uh, take time travel? Yeah. This is Mark O'Brien of the Film Photography Podcast. I'm here at Blue Moon Camera in Portland, Oregon, and I'm going to uh, talk to some of the staff here and let them introduce themselves. 
And first of all, and I came in, it is Jim Hare. Jim Hare, and he and Jake Shivery are uh, two of the stalwart people here. And I would say that uh, I walk into this building, and it's chock a block with lenses and film cameras and pinholes and toy cameras and Polaroids, all the kind of stuff a film lover would like. And I see that they have. Uh, darkroom equipment, all that good stuff, and in the back, for us other analog users, I see typewriters. Um. <laughs> We've got cameras that are 100 years old, right? and you can still shoot them. Uh, you don't have to go to Microsoft or Apple and update your software. Right. We do process and print everything. Uh, some of the most stunning images we've seen could be from World War II or Vietnam. Um, yeah, all the machine printing that we do, instead of being a digital printer, we're actually shining light through a lens, through a negative, onto a piece of photo paper. So when people get a stack of prints back from us, the work that they're getting is actually analog work from their analog source. And I don't think a lot of people even understand that because the machinery has been gone for so long. Listen, you, you could have been a lab tech for the past 10 years and be forgiven for not even knowing that, you're, that there's an option to doing a digital print. True. But every other lab that you send film into, they're scanning the film and then printing from the scan. Meaning that somewhere in the process there's a computer and it's being converted into bits and bytes. And what we're doing is we're making prints directly from the negative. Just as standard operating procedure. Drop off a roll of film, come back a week later, the stack of prints that you see before you are all traditional optical, actual photographic prints. And the work that we're showing you here, we're using Kodak Max because it's the cheapest film on the shelf. Uh -huh. And we're using a real traditional camera, so we're not spiking our results with oh. a fancy professional film being shot through a fancy professional camera. We're showing you sort of what baseline work looks like. This looks like something I would take, actually. <laughs> you know, it's these look far better than homemade inkjet prints from a scan, for sure. Oh, sure. And they also they're going to be far more archival. Do you do if someone were shooting sprockets, for example, would you be able to keep oh, those? Yeah. yeah. If it's a piece of film, we can make a print. Okay. Right. Because you know, there's some people into that. I have a sprocket rocket, but I don't ever scan in this. <laughs> but for some people, that's part of what they want. We were the last lab processing Minox film in the world. Uh, he had a meeting uh, with the heads of Minox in Las Vegas, and I don't think we've heard any of the actual details of what happened during that meeting, but Blue Moon Camera, as a result of that meeting, Blue Moon Camera essentially prepares film for Minox cameras worldwide. We okay. get a container of cassettes from Germany. We put the film together here in Portland in our shop, and then we ship it out to Germany as well as all over the world. So anyone with a Minox camera not only can have their film processed by us or printed, but they can also buy new film to fit their camera. Well, that's awesome. You've handled one of those cameras before, right there. Oh, yeah. They're lovely. They're little jewels. Ele elegant little beasts. <laughs> and now, now it's an incredible thing that people can photograph with because we have four modern film emulsions we've been selling now for five years. Yeah, Four or wow. five years. Um, with a lot of success. It runs really nicely. Well, it's it's great to see these little, not little, these sort of bastions of traditional photography. You know, I've been in Chicago, they have central camera, and of course, you know, the stories they figured into, and, and every 
there's, there's, they're sprinkled all over the country, but I think you're the only shop I know that does some of the things that you do in terms of the processing and so forth with an with a Instagram presence. You know, I see latest cameras that come in on Instagram, you're showing them off, you know, that probably... Um, and the big difference is we started in 2001. Really? Okay. Yeah, so we're not left over hanging on to film. We started at the time where we knew that digital was upon us, and those of us who didn't want to give up 150 years worth of mature technology make it accessible and feasible for people to continue to use film all the way through the analog process. If you're interested in it, you can come buy a camera, buy a roll of film, bring it back, have a set of analog prints made, buy another roll of film, buy a lens for your camera. One-stop shopping, never touching the digital world. Now, having said that, in addition to it, we also have a very robust and very busy scanning station. Uh -huh. And we can apply the same sort of lab procedures and etiquette to the scans that we do to the prints. Specifically, when you send us film and you need to have it scanned, there's an operator that's sitting there who is going through every single image. When you get scans back from us the same way that you get prints back from us, it's a very finished, high-quality product. Great. I think one of the aspects that makes Blue Moon successful is that every person that works here on staff is yeah. a photographer. Okay. Everyone has their own personal bias in terms of their favorite camera, their favorite film. There's a lot of overlap in a lot of different areas. But essentially, this location does everything uh, from finding a camera, finding film, finding processing. Okay. We can do slide film, black and white film, color film. We can do prints. We do a lot of work for artists that are preparing shows. We have a woman who brought her film in. It was for an Andy Warhol show at the Art Museum. Uh, we did 20 by 24 silver gelatin fiber prints for her to take to New York to show to galleries. When she came back, she made a point of saying, you know, I showed these prints to a number of galleries, and they asked me, there were a number of them that said, where did you have these prints done? And she said, oh, this little shop in Portland, Oregon, Blue Moon Camera. <laughs> and they were just incredulous. They said, and she said, why? And she said, their prints, these prints from Blue Moon, are better than anything they could do in New York. So we have technicians, we have trained technicians who not only know how to do the work, but they take it personally. Every employee takes everything personally as if it's their own film. So when somebody comes in to drop something off, it's not something that's going to go off somewhere else. It's someone here in the shop that's going to take care and make sure that it's prepared, processed, and printed exactly like they would want their own to be printed. Bill Lee. And Bill is a Portlander? Uh, no, actually, I'm from uh, Vancouver. Vancouver? But I, but I come oh. over here to get all my film oh, and okay. cameras Vancouver, and everything. Washington. Washington, okay. yes. <laughs> that always confuses me a bit, yeah. And so, and you shoot lots of odd film sites. Yeah, I, well, didn't used to be odd. It was normal oh, film. Yeah. Now it's Six, 620, 127, yeah. uh, 120. And four by five. And what is your in there? I mean, you're using a, obviously a lot of plastic cameras for some of these, like this one, especially the the one twenty seven seems to be a, a popular plastic brownie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, if, and I always look at those and go, oh, you know, the little baby Raleigh's and the, and the baby Ashikas are like the best use for that hard to find one twenty seven film. Right. right. Yeah, I, I I like I like Kodak cameras. Um, I. I always thought that they were America's camera. Everybody had one, whether right. they wanted to admit it or not. Their parents had one, 
<laughs> if they went on vacation, there was a Kodak somewhere. Well, I'm from Ann Arbor, and and so, which was home of Argus. Oh, and okay. so and the Argus factory is still there. Yeah, um, it's now something else, but they have a museum for all the Argus cameras. Right, right. And it's the only, um, as far as we know, it's the only camera museum at the site where they were made. And but uh, if only Kodak could have done that, aside from the Eastman House. Right, right. Yeah, and I've got a few Arguses. Yeah. The C2 and the C3. Yeah, they're they're fun. So, yeah. But they're not. There's not as many models to choose from. I mean, you look at those old Kodak folders, and they're just pieces of art sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, um, I think I've got a 120 Kodak Autographic 3A. It's a 122 mm -hmm. size film, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. gave that to me, and I don't think I think it belonged to the guy's father. And I haven't run any films through. I have an adapter to put 120 in it. But sure. Can you yeah. imagine having uh, what three by five size? Uh, Right, right. Negative. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of hacks for that stuff, which is good because people are coming up with ways that you can. Uh, I have a couple of 616 cameras, so uh -huh. you, can, you can hack hack the film and shoot 120 through it. Yeah. And uh, the same thing with uh, 116. 616 and 116, you shoot 120 film. Yeah. If you buy the little the ends that go on each end that you, you right. get online. Yeah, the, the FPP is selling FPP's the Film Photography Podcast Store is selling these Factmatic adapters. Are made in I think by a guy in Italy. Right. So one right. one uh, one guy operation, but they're really quite nice, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. and, uh, and of course, any other people who just want to put thirty-five millimeters through, but you can get a really nice panoramic image if you work it out right. 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 Uh, I I found that some of the some of the cameras that I have that take the worst pictures or the the functions and features that are broken the most are any uh, 135. Yeah. <laughs> the old 620 point shoots. Yeah. Always they work. Always work. Yeah. Always. Um, so the more modern you get, the more things that can go wrong, and they do go wrong. Oh, so right. Film advance doesn't work, or the rangefinder doesn't work, or something. So I've got a lot of those cameras that are like that. Very difficult to find a, a, a 35 or 135 millimeter camera that, that everything works perfectly right out of the box. The uh, Argus brick I have, uh -huh. uh, I love that thing. It is a brick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, and, and and it works great. Everything works on it. You know. So. Well, Bill, good talking with you. Great. And I just want to finish up this segment by thanking everyone here and for their hospitality and showing me around and telling me about the store and keeping the film family alive. It's as trim as a briefcase and as easy to carry as a portable radio. The perfect way to show and enjoy the color slides you took last summer. It's the new Kodak 300 color slide projector. Not only is it the smartest looking projector you can buy, but the Kodak 300 is a pleasure to use with easy to reach controls right here on top and a new Ready-Matic changer, the smoothest and simplest ever designed. Its wide-angle lens shows your slides big and bright in full color in any room, large or small. The new Kodak 300 projector in your choice of two color combinations costs just $64.50 or as little as $6.50 down. It's also available with an automatic magazine-type changer. And because it's made by Kodak, you know it's good.
Hey, we're back. Um, before we get to it's our little brother, Mark O'Brien's next segment here, why don't we read a fan letter? Oh, geez. All right. I need a second to look this over. It's from... Who's it from? Do you want to just hand it to Mark? <laughs> it's from Tom McNally of uh, Northport, New York. Not okay. too far from here, I guess. Sure. Uh, I am a new film photographer and a recent FPP convert. I have been shooting film and listening to the pod for several months and wanted to let you know that I really enjoy both. I started the podcast from the beginning episodes and I've slowly been working my way through them. I'm currently still living in 2011. (laughs) So is Mike's wardrobe. (laughs) All I can say Uh. is I hope they never discontinue ectochrome or pack film. Oh, boy. Uh, it would be great if he's like, I'm still living in 2007. I hope they never... Discontinue Kodachrome. <laughs> so people that... What's this gentleman's name? It's Tom McNally. So Tom, like, he has his regular day in present day, but when he yeah. tunes in, puts exactly. his headphones on, he's in 2011. He doesn't, he doesn't even know I exist yet. Nope. You he's not even gonna, born, He's Mark. not even going to hear this letter for two years. Mark well, even that's born. a very strange yeah, really. thing. He'll hear, wow. the, he'll hear this in, like... 2021. We'll all be long dead. And he'll be sending, still sending letters. He'll never catch up. He'll be sending letters saying, hey, I'm currently in. What advice should we give him now that he'll get two years from now? Well, you can start, you can start listening from the newer episodes and go okay. back in time. It would be very much like Somewhere in Time. You know that movie with Christopher no. Reeve? No. Oh, come on. Jane Seymour? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Richard Matheson wrote it. Did he really? That's correct. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> uh, I currently shoot with my late father's 1970 Minolta XG7 and Canon Rebel 2000. I also purchased a 1980s Bessler 67C Larger from the Bay, which I have not used yet. What are you waiting for, Tom? Uh, I cannot wait to start developing my own film enlarging prints. In addition to saying hi, I wanted to ask <clears throat> if you still send free film ever. I responded to him. I'm not, oh, okay. I, I just bought a Yashica 635. Quite decent condition. I can only wait to start shooting with it. The I never used medium. What? Yeah, I heard you say Yashica 635. The answer is no. Oh. <laughs> I just bought a Yashica 635 in what I think is quite decent condition, and I cannot wait to start shooting with it. I have never used medium format before. I would love some donated film, color, or black and white, if that is still a thing you do. If not, I will gladly go to the FPP store and make a donation of my own. That's where I sent them. What did you send them? To the FPP store. Oh. Back Keep then. up the good work. Oh. See you in the year 2018. Oh, awesome. I What's think his name? Tom McNally Once for the again. third time. Jeez. Tom, Alzheimer's hi, is coming early for you. Hi, Tom. I think he was commenting on the Flickr group, too, I think. Oh, that's quite possible. See, uh, Flickr. He was looking for uh, camera suggestions. Uh, there was a day back when my office was in Butler. I had that big black desk and I was sitting there and had a bucket behind me full of film. I need a bucket. And the, f- the podcast was so new that, you know, I'd be like, yeah, send me an email, I'll send you some film. Uh, it was that simple. That bucket's been depleted. Long depleted. What's in the bucket now? <laughs> <laughs> Crumbs. <laughs> Crumbs from mm. all the bagels we've eaten over the years. So, uh, Mark O'Brien, he also, when he was in the Pacific Northwest. Mark O'Brien, you say? Yes. That's Mark O'Brien visited uh, artist photographer Marcy Merrill. Marcy Merrill? And he says, Marcy Merrill, a.k.a. the Silver Nitrate Queen. Oh. That's what I said. Oh. That was a bold claim. She has a website that Mark Dalzell, I think, would like very much. It's called Junk Store Cameras. Junk Store Cameras. That sounds like my kind of thing. <laughs> I just bought a Junk Store Camera yesterday. JunkStoreCameras.com. And we're going to... Ha- Thank you. Oh. 
forgot that was there. And I'm up here in the great wilderness of northwestern Washington in the town of Toakland. southwestern Washington? Southwestern Washington, okay. I'm here with Marcy Merrill, who I have known since when? 15 or 20 years, 15 like, years, I think, something I think 2001, maybe. Okay, yeah. Because we, I think the it was the Argus thing. We'll do the math, and it's 17. 17 yeah, years, over yeah. Yeah, Argus, that's right. The thing is, is that Marcy is one of these talents, which I think is exemplified by her creativity and also her just wonderful way of dealing with people and bringing out images that I'm just always impressed with, with what she does with people. You're making me cry. <laughs> She's also, for, for first and foremost, most known as the silver, silver nitrate, nitrate queen, queen. yes self-proclaimed yeah. yes yeah. and i know that the uh, the way i met her was via junk store cameras her little website at the time I and i was i was just getting into crappy cameras and i ran across this and i go oh wow there's a whole there's someone out there who's even weirder than me and that would be you and a bunch of other people i'm sure yeah. but the junk store cameras was how we first met and also our shared interest in argus at the time i uh, still got argus around. oh i do I too argus. the other thing that i i find interesting too is just how you were able to take these shitty cameras and get remarkable quite remarkable images out of them and sometimes craptastic images and I think that says a lot to the fact that a good photographer can take a picture with just about anything. A cardboard cylinder. A cardboard cylinder with a pinhole I've had, in the I've right. had my cardboard cylinder times. Well there are a lot of times I take a camera that sometimes it's not even a camera you mm -hmm. know and but it like looks like a camera but it was like a novelty thing and I make it take a picture and it's not necessary I don't really think it's the picture itself that's the end result. It's the fact that I got the camera to work. Ah, yeah. You know, like cutting a strip of film for a camera that was made that they never even made film for. <laughs> <laughs> like the little hit cameras, stuff yes, like that. Yes. The little cheesy ones, yes. not the heavier duty. Yeah. So this, we're in Marcy's <laughs> studio, and I'm looking around, and I see she's done wet plate work, and she's got a, a, a wall of box cameras over here. Of all the different cameras you've used over the years, what would be your single most favorite camera that you've used? Funny you should ask, Mark. Yeah? Funny I should ask. Because I took this out for a reason, but it wasn't this reason. It was a okay. different reason. This, the Dover 620A, I have equally as favorite as my tin rocket camera, the okay. little tin, which is in it's in the house. But um, that was because that one it's so elegant in it, and it was my first real junk store camera. It was the second that I realized there's a spark, and I must continue. <laughs> this one, on the other hand, it's the weirdest. It's weird. Okay. And and, and we like weird. And earlier when I said it, the picture doesn't matter. With this, the picture does. Because when you have, okay, this camera has um, portrait and, fil and uh, yellow filter that you can slide across oh, wow. there. Okay. That portrait filter right there, it's, it's awesome. It's the shits? It is the shits. Yeah, wow. And so that, it's just wonderful. And it is a 620. And, and it has instructions on the back of it, it too. It has instructions. Wow. One of the things you've become famous for, or maybe infamous for, is your skill in beating B-E-A-D-I-N, not beating cameras, but beating cameras. <laughs> if people go to your website, 
would they see some of those? Yeah. And what's your website? I have junkstorecameras.com and merylphoto.com. This one that happens to be out on the work desk right now. So what got you into this? Boredom? Frustration? Not at all. Never okay. boredom. Never boredom. Okay. No, don't even say the word. There is no such There's thing. There's no such thing as boredom. No. Okay. You see all the half-done projects yeah. around here. That's not boredom. I have no idea. The first one I did is it's a, a QP, Conley QP. Okay. A little box little camera. Box camera yeah. And um, I made it. I transformed it into an SNQP. Get it? Oh yes, okay. I get it. This one. Oh, yes. One, and I have no idea why I did it. I just thought it would be really cool to put all these beads on this cool box camera. And it's got a Sports Finder Tierra. All my beaded cameras function. They all work. Okay. I, that's like a stipulation. They okay. must. Anyway, those are cool. And then I also had this metalsmith guy that I worked with for a while. And he can make the, although it doesn't really matter, he can make the little stylus. Oh, really? Things. Okay. Because yeah. that's often missing it's from often these missing. old audiographics. And it doesn't matter if it's missing because you can't really use right. it. Right. Yeah. So I didn't answer your question about why I started doing it other than beautification. I get a lot of really junky. People send me, or they try to give me, especially at the camera show, like cameras that are really super junky. Uh -huh. And little do they know that I can do something with that, you know? Somebody gave oh, me yeah, that. the bellows is pretty whack. Yeah. But the so rest can, looks pretty good. Yeah, and I can mess with that and make it actually work. But oh, like the. Oh. Talk about something that looks beat. Yeah, show me. The Pilot Oh, the six. Pilot. Uh. I love the Pilot 6. It weighs a ton. It's actually, I kind of like the patina. Because uh -huh. look at that. Oh, yeah. But this thing is beat to shit. Now that is a lot like, there's a great wall camera from China. Yeah. Which is a lot like the pilot. Okay. Uh, I'm taking a trip this over the summer to go into the UK. And so we'll be in England and Scotland. And then we're also going to Iceland. But um, I want to take some cameras with me and then leave them there with deserving souls. Oh. So I have this certain uh, Hawkeye brownie that is flip lens and it's also been you know due to in the gala it's pretty fashion. it's pretty gala and so i'm taking that with me and i'm going to leave it there i have some others that i kind of have in mind to take i don't know i'll bring a, a few well thank you marcy and, oh, thank you. and it was a a very gala tour <laughs> Hey, we're back. Uh, hey, we're back. I want to thank uh, Mark O'Brien for, you know, taking along his uh, yeah. voice recorder. That's very cool of him. He's the man in the street That's right. for the FPP. Yeah, I think about the man in the street. I'm like, you know, I wonder how that uh, Hunter White is doing. Yeah, Still out there somewhere. I'm, I'm Facebook You never called him. him in. He's probably out there shivering. <laughs> Hunter, it's over. Come on in. Get some soup. Uh, here on Thanksgiving, I did want to leave you folks with uh, talking about, you know, old days, old times. Uh, our good friend Joseph Brunges. What, what is that? You're what? printing on the back of a script of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. That's Let's do my it. latest script you turned down. <laughs> Can we act it out? Our good friend Joseph Brunges. Hmm. He is the official FPP archivist. Is he really? I wrote to Joseph. I said, hi, Joseph. Our good friend Johnny Bryan wrote a letter where he recalled some best FPP moments from the really early days. I thought we'd read the letter. I since lost his letter, by the way. Stupid. So I say, uh, I thought we'd read a letter if I knew where they were. And this will also um, satisfy the FPP listener who is asking for Dwayne to come back. Although he's not going to come back. He can be back yeah, in an archival That's sense. right. So I said... <laughs> I said to uh, Joseph, do you know the episodes for the following? Dwayne Polk, you, when Come he was on. punched by... I'm reading so you! specific. <laughs> John, I'm reading here. All right. 
Dwayne Polkew, when he was punched by a maid of honor at a wedding show shoot. <laughs> That's awesome. Dwayne Polkew, yes. when he was punched by a maid of honor at a wedding shoot. That was number one. Where, where'd, he get, where'd he get punched? I don't know. Number two, when he was right working... a wedding shoot. Number two, when he was working in tech support at Ed Wall Chemistry and someone called that their once-in-a-lifetime negatives of oh, Rosa Jesus. Parks was ruined by their chemistry. Oh, boy. Uh, that's rough. <laughs> it is rough. So he says, Dwayne's punch-out story. <laughs> Dwayne's punch-out story started with a discussion about New Jersey's obsession with food. Wow. It led to talking about the money given at a wedding and how how the, the amount of money given depends on, quote-unquote, the spread. How good the food is. Don't seal the envelope People until, don't you, write the check. until the entree comes. Exactly. It can be found in episode 10. You guys could go... Th- I mean, everyone's just sitting there at Thanksgiving here in the U.S. just mm-hmm. with their phone bored to tears. Well, not at Mark's house because they like each other. <laughs> exactly. I'll be, I'll, I'll be upstairs laying in my bed They'll with be the door play- closed, bored to tears. <laughs> the people will be playing pinball at his house. Yeah. It could be found episode 10, one hour, 48 minute mark. Wow, Joseph. This is also one of my favorites. He knew that off the top of his head. Joseph! Joseph Brunges, if it's you're listening, it's very kind of just meta, right? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Like it's just kind of weird. Yeah. That we're talking about time. It's a time-space Continuum? shift and continuum in this, story, in this episode. I've been uh, like binging Rick and Morty for the last four oh. days. Don't so you ever watch That's all I'm it thinking on. about. What, what, what do you want? Yeah. No kidding. No, what station? Hulu? What? Hulu. Uh, I have the Hulu. Mark, don't you ever worry about waking up in yesterday? Yesterday's underwear. No. Number two. I still think about waking up and realizing that I never actually graduated from university and they're going to take my degree away. I still have that dream. Uh, uh, I still have college dreams. Yeah. I'm, I late, have tra- I'm late for a test. And I haven't yep. been to class all semester. Yeah. And, uh, I have dreams where I forget the combination to my lo- locker yeah, in high that's school. that's a common one. That's weird. Yeah, oh, it's weird, right? I never had that one. Now I'm going to. And I have to pee. And I'm like trying to open it and I have to pee. In ninth Why grade. Why do you pee in your locker? <laughs> In, my pants. in ninth grade, I lost. I wrote my 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 schedule. It was a very. Uh, I went to Catholic high school, and it was a very kind of like uh, modular. It was more like a college schedule. If you had a free free break, you could go outside. You, could, you know, you could smoke. They treat you. <laughs> they treat you like an adult. So I had my schedule on a little pad. Uh-huh. I lost it. Oh, stoops! And like I was panicked. Like I didn't like panicked. This is in real life. Or real life is not a dream. And then. <laughs> In a stairwell, Tony Guzman. Yeah, he's like Mike. I found this. He found Mike. So Tony, thanks. That's wow, a, that's a great story. Five years from now, Tom McNally's going to write in and be like, "What? <laughs> what episode was it, Joseph? That they they started talking about Thanksgiving, and then it led to peeing in their locker, and then something about losing." Their oh my locker. God! There oh, was no. a student <laughs> freshman year <laughs> that peed in his locker. C- close, not quite. He dumped in it. Went in the locker, opened his locker. The bullies cleaned it out. Oh. Empty. What do you mean? Took all his stuff. He opened his locker. Every, empty. They st- the bullies took his stuff. Everything was empty. He was very emotional. Very, he was crying. That's not fun. Have all your stuff taken. It is. Bullies. Good, good story, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. For, hey, thanks for, like, you know... Bumming us out. Yeah, Wait, I just want to see this quick. <laughs> Number two, the Rosa. My daughter would be like, "Why isn't it working?" Broke Number two, the Rosa Parks story <laughs> can be found in episode seven, one hour fifteen minute mark. 
And then, not a number, but Joseph says, One of my favorite early stories is C8 Poison. Ep- <laughs> episode 4, 1 hour 16 mark. C8's Poison. So, well, thank you. Hmm. Um, so, you know, thinking. Yes? Those previous comments about dreams and stuff, you can put them in another show that can be the Thanksgiving leftover show. Oh. You just cut them out in, like, all the outtakes. Are you recording? He hasn't been recording yet, but now he's going to start. Hey, everybody. Occasionally, I like don't record. We record, but don't record, but I was recording. It's usually the best shows. I'm looking at the... Uh, that you'll never hear. cubes we got left? Cubes. One cube, I better change What is this, Tron? Jeez, I know. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Transformers. And thank, thank Mark O'Brien for uh, going out on the road. I want to thank... Uh, Mark Dalzell and John for coming down for this. Yeah, you know, sure. on, on your busy Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. get back to your turkey and I your bird. Go back and cut the bird. That's right. And I want to thank everyone out there listening. Really, the folks out there, the loyal <clears throat> folks listening every episode. You know, it's like the film photography podcast continues. The film photography experience continues. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> it really greases my shutter. <laughs> <laughs> Mark missed everything. He's looking at I'm his listening. phone. There was a picture. I, I didn't post it funny yet. Happened. There's a picture. I didn't it's post horrible. it yet. It's Mark O'Brien. Mark, listen to this. <laughs> Marco, you're sit Mark sitting where you are right now. And you're sitting where Mark. Mark is. And I took a picture and Mark is giving a presentation and you're behind him, which is like you're out of focus. But you're just like looking at your phone with like a look on your face that is indescribable. Why you got to be like that? I'm not trying to put you on a spot, am I? We all do that. You completely leave the room while we're talking about things. <laughs> yeah, really? That's true. I am listening out of the corner of my ear, at least. You're not even in the photo. I was probably researching the next segment that I had to talk That's about. That's exactly what you were doing. Right now, it's not what I'm doing. No. I'm totally crushing some things. Yeah, I saw you put crumbs on the floor. I saw you flick. Oh, no. You went like this. He willfully crumbed. I did. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, for leftovers.
Pass now.